Hi, this is Matt the Shoe Guy from Dancing Fair, and you're listening to Have Tap Shoes, Will Travel. Wow, it's rolling already. Sweet. Ha, 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 ha. Check, check, check. ABC. We need a little, do we need some pre-show music? We got this one. Oh, hello and welcome to Have Tap Shoes, Will Travel. Oh my gosh, I think my mic is clipping a little bit. I'm all of a sudden talking extra loud. It sounds so good in here, Kathy. Uh, everybody, welcome. We would, we've got a very special guest today. The one and only Ms. Kathy Wind. Da-da-da-da. Yes, I, I need an applause track over right? here. Yeah. You know what? I just realized that I did prepare some stuff here. At least some jumbled notes. Oh, and I also have some hand sanitizer spray. Yes. Did you did that envelope get to you yet in the mail? Nope. Man. All right. Well, I do have I do have something that I wanted to send in the mail, but I I wasn't able to. So I've I've got some of these for you to check out. We've got the all new have tap shoes will travel buttons. <laughs> Pulling it out. Yes. Awesome. Love it. So this is this is the way we're kicking this one off. With with buttons all around. Yep, putting on my button right now. Thank you so much for taking the time and being here today and, and allowing me to come out here and hang out in your beautiful tap studio at your house. My pleasure. This is amazing. And you even have like a section of a floor that is not permanent, but it, it looks like a little raised platform where you could, the teacher could be and then the, the students are back here. Yeah, I usually use that for outside tapping. Oh, okay. That makes sense. Although not on a day like today, it's so rainy out. Correct. It's it was, my Zoom floor. It was the visibility was really intense. Like I, I couldn't see very far in front of me on the way here. Yeah, like rain came down heavy. Yeah, but then it made me think. You just have to stay in the moment when you're in a storm, because if you think too far ahead, you can't even see that far anyway, and there's no use looking behind you. You're in a storm. Yes. Keep moving forward. Enjoy the energy. <laughs> Maybe slow down a little so that you can. The other thought that I was having too is that people were speeding past me. I was like, first, I need to assess this. Is this, is this speeding weather? No, I don't think it is. So <laughs> give yourself some time to assess and then make calculated decisions. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> How are you doing, Kathy? I'm, I'm fabulous. Man. Don't have to water my yard today. <laughs> yeah. It's already taken care of. So then we get to mess around with podcasting. Yeah. I've got so many things to ask you about. Okay. But, Shoot. But usually I think the best thing that I like to do is usually ask people to introduce yourself a little bit first and, and tell people a little bit about yourself because there are some people that, that are in Australia right now listening to this. Hey, Australia. <laughs> Coming to you soon. <laughs> yeah. They're also in Japan. They're all yes. over the place. So, yeah. Hope to meet you all someday. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Kathy Keen is my maiden name. Um, and we have Keen Sense of Rhythm, uh, tap company and youth tap ensemble. I grew up in the Twin Cities, Minnesota, at a dance studio doing, you know, competition dance. Um, we did Broadway tap, you yeah. know, and I happen to be that front center, that little, you know, remembers every step. Yeah. <laughs> I was that kid. I was like the steel trap. Loved tap. Um, and then sort of, uh, you went to college, got out of dancing and, um, then my sister and I went to the Jazz Dance Congress in Chicago. We got a flyer and yeah. thought, let's go check out some dance again. It had been two or three years. 
And that was, it was okay, but it was 300 people in a room, hot, sweaty, you know, that you don't get to connect with the teacher. And from there, Lane Alexander of the Chicago Human Rhythm Project yeah. sent out a flyer based on that mailing list. And we said, let's go try that out. Right. So we went to Chicago, had Sam Weber, Diane Walker. Wow. I had Sam Weber doing w- clean wings right in front of my face. I was sitting on the floor going like, <laughs> what is that? <laughs> and um, and then a guy came in the room and he, he, a young guy comes in the room and he just starts, you know, tapping really fast. And I was like, oh. You know, how annoying is that? Yeah. <laughs> and then I find out it's the teacher. It was Lane. <laughs> and he goes, let's do the shim sham. So Ellen and I, we knew the the first, you know, four measures. Yeah. <laughs> like, so we did that and we stopped and everybody kept dancing and we were like, what, what is that? There's more? <laughs> what, what is this? You know, shuffle step, shuffle step, shuffle ball. That was it in Minnesota. That was the shim sham. Yeah. So then we uh, started having Lane fly up here. He was coming up to work with another studio. And so we started doing lessons with him once a month. Right. And um, kind of just told him, he's like, what do you want? And we're like, you tell us what we need. We're, you know, we're Broadway-based tap dancing. Did you have the studio by then? Is that when you had? Nope. Okay. Nope. We were over at, like, dancing. Oh, it was Terps then. <laughs> Dance oh, studio. Where was Terps? After Dancing Star. They took over the same space. Okay. Yeah. So Mandy Bryant and her dad. Yeah. Yeah. And they were bringing him in. And so we started working with him. And he would train us um, and then started giving us choreography. Sure. And then we decided to start a company based on that. And then because of his Human Rhythm Project and talking with him there, we started our youth tap ensemble because, you know, based off like Gene Medler and their, those guys. Yeah. A couple of different ones were out there. North Carolina. Yep. Yep. Insight. Wow. <laughs> and yeah, so there's a huge influence there. It was sort of a, but I, I, I'll, I'll take a step back. Before that, um, before we met Lane, we went and saw the jazz tap ensemble mm-hmm. at the Ordway. And these are tap dancers dancing to jazz music, you know, yeah. just musicians on stage. And Ellen was like, I don't know what that circus is, but I want to run away with it. And I was like, <laughs> let's go. So we went to the Portland Tap Fest after that and then kind of made a pilgrimage to the Chicago Human Rights Project. For the next who was in the Tap Ensemble at the time? Oh, Michelle Dorrance was in. And wow. yeah, saw Jared Grimes growing up. Wow. Yeah, all those guys. They were, they were amazing. You just couldn't keep your eyes off them. Yeah. Yeah. And they had great choreographers coming in. Yeah, so, that's, that's so many people were in that crop of, people that got to learn from so many of the greats still yes that they were still around to pass it on yeah they were getting yeah they were at savion different people were coming in Mm -hmm. choreographing on them and then now i think they still do some of that and they also you know teach historical pieces that lay as we do as well yeah do you do you remember your first performance that you ever presented That that i did that you were in as as a performer like your first time on stage Oh, hmm. What a great question. I don't, I, you know, I don't know. I would say the one that rang out the, that rings as, as the, the most prominent was us doing a Minneapolis Human Mother Project. Yeah. And, um, and that one was crazy because we were dancing Lane's pieces and Lane was, so Lane, when we went to go on stage, he wasn't backstage and uh-huh. I was like, where is he? I know he's somewhere. <laughs> and to, you know, do someone's piece that's that great. Um, and he was like back in the, he was in the booth watching us, but I could feel his eyes upon me. And I was like, don't mess up. <laughs> don't screw up a step. Um, so that was like that. And then starting to go to some other festivals and performing. And, and you know, part of it's like this audience, this great audience of, you know, tap people love tap. Yeah. But then in the wings, you know, there's like Mark Mendonca, Diane Walker. So Everyone's watching from the wings. <laughs> I know. Uh, so yeah, those were, those were fun as well. Yeah. Or, Nowadays, you can be in your dressing room and you can hear the sounds too. But really, it seems like every time when people are 
performing at a festival. They're always in the wings watching the rest of the show, too. Yeah, definitely. That's where you get to see all those magical moments. Right. And the clean, loud footwork. It just... Yeah. You're right there. Some people really know how to hit the floor. You can almost... You can sometimes even feel the floor vibrating. You're like, oh. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You don't get that when you watch a video. You don't get to feel the floor vibrating under your feet. Correct. So this... This kind of reminds me of the space, like when you describe your experience, you, there was a time when you went down to Vegas to take class from Henry Letang, Dr. Henry Letang, and you, you described something that was, I don't know if it was in a garage, but it was a home studio. But when you describe it, this is kind of what I picture, <laughs> something like this, maybe with a piano too, though, because of, right. based on how you said, and then pictures on the walls. Oh, yeah. Uh, Dr. Henry Letang, he had, um, it was in his house. Yeah. And he had a, so he came through like this, I don't know, kind of like a living room area into where his studio was. But he had all these newspaper clippings and pictures of him with all these, you know, movie stars and different people. And so you had to like look, go through the museum first. <laughs> like, yeah. And then he was like, again, he's kind of like, what do you want? And we're like, I just want to experience Henry Letang. <laughs> you know? <laughs> what do you want? Uh, so he's like, I just. You show up. <laughs> <laughs> and so he, you know, started telling us stories of, you know, off, based off the pictures, which was fascinating. Yeah. And then we went into his studio and he was, he gets on the piano, he teaches a little step from the bench and he gets, and he's in his nineties. He gets on the piano and he's like, da 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 My sister and I, we're not, we're not super girly tap dancers, you know, or dancers period. But um, he would do stuff, and then he's like, more shoulders. Come on, girls. Use those hands. And I was like, I never wanted to be such a girly tap dancer as I did at that moment for him. And it was like, go, bigger. And I was like, yeah. Wow. <laughs> da, 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 da. Hit it. <laughs> Just pulled it out of you. Oh, oh, yeah. And he had so much rhythm in his body. Like, it, it was in his voice, in his breath, in his... Like being around that much music, his whole life, mm-hmm. great music, it was just, you could just feel it. It oozed out of him. Mm. And then it made you want to be like that, right? He's like the best musician you could possibly be. Yeah. Yeah, that was that was one of the top experiences for me. Yeah, that's a, it's always a wild story. It's 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 like a legend at this point, this this legendary story of when you went down there and got a chance to take this private lesson. Well, yeah, and we were going to take his class. The... We were going to take his class. And, oh, um, we called, it was a daughter-in-law was arranging him, and we called her, and, and she, she's like, I need a recommendation from someone, you know? And I was like, how about Diane Walker? And she's like, okay, I'll talk to Diane and see. If, we'll let you two in our class. And then when she talked to Diane, Diane said, yeah, it'd be better if they did a private. And then she's like, okay, you've been approved oh, for a private lesson. You, you made the cut. Yep, we made the cut. I love it. Wow. Yeah, that, that was that card, the Henry Latang card. <laughs> I've been mapping things out on cards a little bit because they are easy to rearrange. Oh, right. And you, like, where, it's fluid. Yes, where the conversation leads, which I can expand a little bit on. Um, so basically, I have a detached garage. And yeah. two, three summers ago, I was at Catherine Kramer's in Wisconsin, and she lives on this farm, and the chicken coop was turned into a dance studio. Wow. And it was so cool. And I came home, and I looked at my garage, and it was like, okay, it has cobwebs in the rake and a shovel and it it doesn't mean a lot for me so i was like you know what? i can forgo my i don't park in the garage a lot either so i told my parents my dad's a carpenter and i said you know what, what would it look like to turn my garage into a dance studio yeah my mom was like how are you gonna heat it i'm like ask dad how are you gonna do this ask dad what are you asking me for right? we're, we're like an hvac <laughs> over here i'm the dreamer <laughs> so two days later my dad's over and he used to start you know using his 
80s and he's knocking stuff down and you know moving and i was like dad wait i can move nah don't worry about it and he just came and started clearing stuff out and wow turned my garage into an ass to do so he, he built it basically yeah like the garage door still on, on the own. outside but he he yeah. put a wall up to to so it stays heated and if you did open it i mean it doesn't open right it just nope that's as the far hinges are off and everything go. okay <laughs> right wow so it appears as a garage but it does yeah and then, you know, part of the struggle is that we don't have a lot of wood floors in the Twin Cities to tap on. And, and I was like, I want a wood floor. Totally. Yeah. Like, this is about the size of something as I've imagined what would be a cool space to have as like a tap space. This is like, something like this is a nice size. Yeah. You can fit a few people in here for a good jam or something, but it's not like we're trying to do formations and things either, you know? And, and if you notice, there's no mirrors. Because yeah. I want to dance without mirrors for a while and Very, see what I... And, you have a very large screen TV, which I assume will allow you to watch footage if you ever wanted to, or correct movies or whatever else. Do yoga online, everything. Oh, it's, great yeah. idea! Yeah, I didn't even think about online. This is set up ideally for even teaching online. If you had a camera in here. Oh, when I did Zoom and I figured out, my daughter figured out how to yeah. there so I could see the kids on the big screen. Yep. And then you put the computer on my feet. Sure. Mm-hmm. Wow. Lifesaver. Yeah, and they have little switchers now too that I've seen that you can push a button and then it'll cut to different cameras if you wanted to have it you can have one on your feet you could have one then pop back to you you know if you want to talk to it or something like that yeah mark yonnelly taught some classes for us and he has a cool setup he's like watching these kids talking to him you know <laughs> he's kind of he, a techie he's a techie he is <laughs> i was looking at his setup and i was like that is sweet yeah man okay so when we talk about pictures on the wall evoking memories I assume all of these mean something, but I know that this one over here has been present in like your studios and it's been all over the place. Yeah. One of our students, um, one of Ellen's adult tappers took some, asked her for some photographs of us and painted some pictures of us in motion. Yeah. Um, And so, yeah, that's, the rest of them don't have a lot of, these are just left, they're leftovers right now. I put them up for sound. Did you paint this one? (laughs) No. (laughs) No, my daughter, they're like, they're like, they've been, she bought them and then they've moved out of her room and I sure. just hung them so I could kind of get a little bit of soundproofing in here. Yeah, we got, we've got a little Audrey Hepburn over here and there's a peacock. Yep. That That's... was her trying to um, upgrade my house to be cooler looking when she was in high school years. Yeah. <laughs> then you get the, the band. There's like a sort of jazz band silhouette with a saxophone and a drummer and an upright bass and a piano player. And that was one where I wanted to attract more musicians into my life and more music. So oh. I kind of bought something and put it up there so I'd look at it and attract it. Oh, that's awesome. You know, I had a question about that. If you could collaborate with any musician, who, who would that be? Jason Mraz. Ooh, yeah. right off the bat, you already had it. Yeah. Wow. When I listen to him, I'm like, oh, I should be tapping. Yeah. His music's so open and I love his music. Yeah. I love the way the wordplay. And I like, I was like, yeah. And have you seen some of Evan Ruggiero's work with him? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's... He stole my spot. He stole your spot. (laughs) (laughs) Who knows? Maybe he opened a door for all we know. There you go. There you go. That's it. It can either be stolen or there's (laughs) someone kind of ran ahead and and did something. Yeah, opened the garage door. You You never know. Right. That's why you don't burn bridges, right? (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So what, what what is it that you like about the music that that um makes you want to collaborate um his his words go he he phrases over the measures yeah and um and he syncopates with his voice and 
I, I dig that. I love dancing too. So when you tap dance, do you think of, do you hear vocal lines in your feet when you're? Yeah, I'll hear my vocal lines. Like mm-hmm. there's a lot of songs I'll, I'll use and I don't even know what they're singing about. Like I don't really listen to all the lyrics. Yeah, I know that you know? feeling. Yeah. <laughs> <You're> <laughs> I'll, like, I'll know the beat right away and, and the groove of it. But Yeah, yeah. But uh, I don't. I don't listen to a lot of the lyrics. I mean, I'll, I'll understand. You know, somebody's yeah. playing a lot, but I don't. I don't dive deep. It's more. It's my my speaking. Over you the still time. have those discoveries of songs that you've known for over ten years, and you're like, "That's what they're saying." Right. right. <laughs> or lately, I feel like I, I'm always checking with my assistants. Like, is there a swear word in the song? Because like, I hear one, but it's not there. <laughs> you know. And I was like, I swear, because they snuck one in there somewhere. Keep it clean when I'm teaching students. Yeah. Oh, I just kicked the mic stand. Real professional. I'm gonna move it. Oh, it's really bassy. Do you right? hear that? Yeah. This this mic picks up a nice amount of bass. You don't want too much bass. Just it's enough bass. It's not all about the bass. <laughs> Gotta have a little treble. Okay. Matt at the dancing fair. You've known him for a long Matt. time, too. Yes, and I knew his dad as well. Yes, I wanted to say rest in peace to Mr. Ted Shrupfer. The creator of the dancing fair, yes. the the originator, and originally it was a part of a department store. I don't remember. No, Matt just told me about this because I I happened to be in the neighborhood because I picked up one of these microphone stands, and as I was driving back for some reason I made a wrong turn and I didn't go on thirty six and I ended up on County Road C somehow over in Roseville, and I I was driving past and I noticed his garage door was open. I was like, oh, I got to stop and say hello. What kind of jerk doesn't stop and say hello? Right. You know, we're old school. You can stop by, right? Exactly. So I stayed outside. I put on my mask. I approached. I stayed a distance because I I don't know exactly where people are at over there. I know a lot of the workers haven't been in there. And he and Carrie have been holding down the fort. So stopped by and said hello. And I hadn't realized that his father had passed away. And so... Yeah, I, I wanted to give a shout out, and 1955 is when he founded the place, is what I learned. Wow, when I, at the studio, Virginia Love Dance Studio I grew up at, we got our shoes from them. Yeah. That's where I first met his dad. Wow. And then him and, and Carrie, the, the, whole, the whole crew over there, I yeah. tell people, I go, that's the best customer service I've ever had from yeah. any place ever. Yeah. Your shoe has a guarantee. If you buy your shoe from them and something happens, they'll fix it Yeah. for free. And it looks better you. oftentimes than when you give <laughs> yes. it to them. I they mean, polish it up and yeah, and they talk about the shoe design and they ask about what do you need. And I mean, we started with like, we started with high heel tap shoes. I mean, when you were in a junior or senior line, sure, right? yeah, in high school, and it was like, oh man, when you moved to those gold tap shoes, I was like, you were you're at the top. Of your game. Yeah, that was the big deal. And then we went to like jazz shoes with taps on them, and all of a sudden you felt like you could kind of dance faster. Yeah, know? they're flat. Yeah, or a little more flat at least. Yeah, you can point your toe. Who cares? But uh, <laughs> so. But then from there, do they call them jazz taps? Then um, what... I think they no, I think they were just tap shoes. But sure. we we knew from Matt they were jazz shoes with taps on them. Mm-hmm. And Oxford. Then, yeah, and then he'd ask us questions, and pretty soon he put a sole in, and then it got to be a double sole, and yeah. you know, and he was building up our shoes, and he was you know, so all through these years he's been he's been listening to the dancers and adjusting. Right. Um, he's brilliant that way. Even if like like a shoe should never hurt your foot. You know, he'll fix it. He'll do whatever. It's like you should not have pain in your foot. Yeah, it's like he's he's figured out why these things are happening. Yeah. To the extent that he went and got certified as a, what do you call it, a podiatrist. Yes, yeah. He can build the orthotics. Yes, yes. What I also, we were talking and 
I was asking him like what is needed right now and he said some some more shoe orders of course but one thing that I've learned is that a lot of shoes that are going out the door are the clogging shoes. They they've been noticing an uptick in the sale of clogging stuff. The mm-hmm. the taps and the shoes and they've been shipping them to the Carolinas and Virginia and there's been a lot of people buying clogging footwear. So if you need clogging footwear, <laughs> I'm just letting you know because one thing that I learned is that they had to put these orders in last December to like China, to Sri Lanka, all these places. And when they tried to connect with these people and you know, at least reduce some of the orders because of how much demand, you know, they they didn't know how much demand they were going to have, so they still got all these shipments of shoes. So the cool thing is they have the shoes in stock now. They he's got such a great stock of stuff to pick from. So if you need footwear right now, hit him up. And also custom shoe wise. We were talking about what is good, what shows up well for video. Yellow. <laughs> Was the I asked I asked Matt, what what's the best color, you know, for for tap shoes showing up on video? He's like, I don't know, yellow, right? So if you need some yellow shoes, <laughs> or jazz shoes or ballet shoes he's, he's got all of it yeah or you want some funky new thing talk to him about it totally yeah. I, when you, that's the cool thing when you stop at Matt if you're ever in town near Minneapolis you gotta go see if you can if, yeah. <laughs> when are things lighten up um, but you'll go in there and like all of a sudden there's Spider-Man tap shoes or your Michael Jackson boots <laughs> <laughs> that you can lean forward in or the, the um, he had these real t- what were they New York Knicks boots that he had in there too I remember he had a, a some high. He told me about some platforms that he built for a drag queen once that had a fish bowl in it where you could have real fish. <laughs> I think they opted to not have real ones in there. Right. Logistically, apparently that worked a little better. But yeah, they've. Yeah, you gotta have a little bit of time because there's there's always something new <laughs> happening at the dancing fair. When when we got to talking to cl- about clogging, he started talking about those Stephen Stompers tap. You know, the, the ones that are, it's like two layers and they're riveted together and they kind of jingle. Oh, yep. And he was saying that usually, I mean, he, he reduced one of his orders for that, but now he's almost out of them because of the demand that he's been having for clogging footwear. So he's, he's got a stock of the Steven Stompers. If you are in need of the jingle taps, <laughs> Matt at the Dancing Fair dancingfair.com our cousin cloggers i'm always giving them a plug because they've always been very helpful in getting these things going and keeping the tap community with comfortable footwear on their feet well and let's riff off that for a second the um when you watch clogging it's like they can sit in some baseline that they create and then play off of it and come back to it and play off of it Mm -hmm. and i feel like a lot of times as tap dancers we're we're always after that break or we're always chasing ahead or we don't, a lot of us don't sit in a groove yeah. and keep coming back to it. But I yeah. love that they do that. Yeah. Um, Nick, um, Kalina had at her house at a, uh, like a house party. Right. And he would clog tap and he'd mix all of Irish dancing, all of it together. It was wasn't beautiful. That a, it was a year ago, wasn't yeah. it? Or was it yeah. two years ago? Well, I, think, mm. I know it was on my birthday that he did it and it was, so it would have been this month. Yeah. I think it was last summer. Yeah. And I just and you can just like be a musician and play, right? Yeah. And not feel like you're like doing all, just all piece or something. You know, it's like <laughs> I mean, studios get stuck in that, right? You're doing just like all piece, uh-huh. throw it away that you're another piece. But like teaching people with with Keem, we're trying to teach teach them on a more professional level, right? We don't compete, but um, 
is how to yeah how to how to create that groove you know and and then Without, play off of it and come back to that groove so you're not always trying to create something new you know a whole new idea every it, it's hard when you think the audience might be getting bored sometimes and you i don't know for me i can i feel like sometimes if i sit in one place for too long it might bore them but i think when you find a groove you find a, a comfort zone or a, a place that feels good that you can stay in for a while yeah i was watching a video on michelle dorrance yesterday yeah. and she was doing that and she just kept playing off it and i was like mm, that's yes and, yeah and one of my one of my all-time like blow my mind was when savion came through town and he started with this lick mm-hmm. and he was playing off of it his little latin lick and then he dan- he takes it on a journey yeah. for 45 minutes <laughs> comes back to the lick and it was like you took i was there with you like never got bored yeah rhythmically just went on this huge journey came back around to that look and i was like oh so satisfying to bring it back to that. yeah right and i was like how did what how do you where, where did we just go yeah. <laughs> what just happened a bookend to it all yeah 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 he was at the dakota too and same thing that was awesome all rhythms yeah no tricks and then oh there was another time I was talking about this and I forgot the drummer's name and now I'm forgetting it again. He's such a good drummer that that was performing with him. Did you that yeah. that's the show you were talking about? Yes, yeah. we were at the same show. Yeah. Man. I'm signing up. Who would you like to work with? Wow. That's a great question. I hadn't really pondered it. I do like the bands of New Orleans. Something with some swingy, funky horns. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Maybe like a Rebirth brass band. Like they, we've had an opportunity to open for them a couple times, and they were the live element of their show is just so overwhelming with the brass, and it's it's very powerful. Tower of power. Tower of power. <laughs> I got to see them once too. It was at a, what was it? Not Turtle Lake. What is it called? The, what, I, saw it the Dic- I saw him at the Dakota. Man, that was a loud sound. Oh, it. man. It was, it was incredible. It was piercing when I saw them, too. It was at a casino, but um, yeah. I'm blanking. <laughs> I just, some one time. The first Maybe time, it was Mystic. It might have been Mystic. Yeah, one of the casinos in town. The, the first time we performed at the Chicago Human Rhythm Project, we did this New Orleans suite. Yeah. And so the band, you know, was just learning the pieces. And there's this huge horn that I, like, you know, slid across the stage <laughs> while I played. And when we were just practicing, it wasn't there. And I looked at the horn player and I was like, I go, there's this, like, really, you know, this loud, like, moment in the song. And he's like, honey, he goes, you want me to blow the crap out of it for you? I will blow the crap out of it. I will have that. He goes, I'm just, pra- I got you. I got that. <laughs> I was like, thank you. <laughs> and then he like he wails and he smiles at me. I'm dancing. I look over. It's oh, a fun moment. That's always a fun moment when you when you connect with the musicians like that on stage. Oh yeah, or when you ask um, we did take five and the band played it faster the second night, like mm. a lot faster. And it was Carla Grodding and Ellen and I. And I was like, why did you? Why was the song so fast? And um, he goes, oh, I overheard you guys talking yesterday, and I thought you wanted it faster without having a conversation. <laughs> Oh, and so we were like clipping along. We couldn't even breathe. We were dancing so fast. And, um, and I said, is there a chance ever if I needed you to slow it down? You know, cause usually you come in and he wanted to discount it himself. Yeah. 
And I was like, is there a way to slow it down? And he says, no. And his drummer's right behind him and his drummer's shaking his head, yes. <laughs> so oh. yeah, the drummer and I would connect every time I'd come out and be like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They're not going to run away from the drummer. <laughs> nope. <laughs> <laughs> well, isn't that, I mean, from according to Diane Walker, when I, I remember a class that she taught us that that was the whole purpose of a time step. Oh, yeah. Is to set the band's tempo. Correct. Yeah. And then, then you regain the control over how fast the the band gets to take it off. Unless they decide to depart from that initial guide that you're giving them. Right. And it's not like an easy step to learn to start a band with. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's not, I, time steps are... And then in five, you need a different time step if you're going to do it in fives. Right. Do you know a time step that's in fives? No, but I could do part of take five just to... That's, yeah. why, I, that's why I'd start the band. That's my go-to. A... Anytime somebody wants me to count fives, I start thinking of take five in my head. I start playing that. Years ago when we first learned it, and it's a piece by Lane, um, I, we were, it was tape to tape. Right? We were trying to edit, I was trying to edit the music where you had to stop the tape, start oh, the tape yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. And I could not get the cut you know, because we cut all the instrumental out right. and um, the solos. And I couldn't get it. And my brother's a drummer. And so I was like, can you help me with this? And he goes, yeah, you're thinking of that da-da-da-da-da. You have to go one, two, three, four, five, one, two, three, yeah. underneath. And then bam. And that just kind of changed something in my brain at that time of mm-hmm. counting and getting that melody out, right? And I, would, I mean, I was... I was because the melody's not necessarily setting up the rhythm. It's, it's there with it, but it's not necessarily punctuating it. Right. It might be floating around it or something. And when you have to like confusing today with GarageBand, you can fade in and fade out, you know, sure. you can move things. But back then it was like, stop, start. Yeah. <laughs> it, was, it was horrible. Yeah. You had to, there were two cassettes. One would be on the left side. That would be your play side. And then you'd have the right side that would have a record button and a pause button. And you'd have to pause it right where you'd want it to start. And then you'd hit play on the other side. Let it, you'd rewind it just a little bit farther than you would need sometimes. And then, you listen for it to get to that point, and you'd, pu- you'd push in the pause button on the record side and hold it until it was time, and then you'd let go right in the right place so it could start recording. And hope. After and you hope record it, it perfectly go back on listen. the beat. Right. Whereas now, uh, well, you just go into GarageBand, you just slice it with a razor blade tool on one side, and on the other side, you make this clean connection. Yeah. And all of that represents things that we used to do in the analog world, where you'd take tape... And you'd actually have to cut it with a razor blade even, too, sometimes. Yeah. That was one thing that we did in sound class. <laughs> we had to cut the tape with a razor blade and then splice it together with real tape. Like, like, uh, like uh, what is that called? What's the clear tape? <laughs> it's just clear tape. It's clear tape. Scotch, Scotch tape. tape, yeah. It's Three, like basically, that's what it looks like. It, it might have been special for magnetic stuff, but that's basically what it looks like. Oh yeah, even in a another job lifetime where we did we did um, people would make ads, right? And you'd have to yeah. put down the black tape to make an ad, and you yeah. have to tape everything on there or glue it. And then we started doing it on computers. <laughs> they all got scared. <laughs> no, you're taking our jobs. Yeah, this used to be my collaging. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, it's like I mean, when the Max first came out, I was like, you can draw a box. What? Yeah, yeah, yeah. you can draw a box. You can make an octagon. <laughs> <laughs> I And on that note, I was working at 3M back in the late 80s, and oh. I was on these fast screaming T3 lines, and people had dial-up at home. What is T3? I don't even know. Oh. <laughs> I just know I was like, there's super fast internet, like the big... Oh, it's internet. Okay. Internet under... Yeah. So they'd have, you know, big wired in, fast internet where everybody had dial-up at home. Oh, do, do, wow. do, 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 do. And so 
I was on, it was like, there was a, yeah, that's a long story, but they, I didn't have a lot of work when I went sure. job share. Sure. And so sometimes I just, you know, putzing around online and there's all these engineers taking tap class and stuff. Cause they're the only ones that were, you know, had fast internet or had access to internet. Yeah. They're like, anybody know what the shimshim is? Anybody know what a pullback is? What? And so I'm sitting there answering these questions to people who are, and I was like, so I, I kind of claim like I'm one of the first tap dancers online. Yeah. <laughs> so then um, with the Chicago Human Rhythm Project, I was like, yeah, you should get a website. And it's like, eh, I don't think so. And I was like, no, really, you should. And an email. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. <laughs> and it was within like six months. I did the first website, the first two websites for them. Wow. And I didn't really you know. built them? Yeah, I built them. Wow. And, and so you would have had to code and everything else then, right? Very simple code. Yeah, it was really simple. I, Still. I don't know. It's not like Squarespace or something where you can just go on there and it's already kind of plotted out for you and you can just <laughs> right. you know upload your picture and it's done. Yeah. So and then got got it. He got an email, and I'd like, it, then within six months, it's like he's checking it four times a day. Which yeah. now I don't know how many times people check their email. But I mean, we carry them around in our pocket. We used to have to go home and then check our email. Yes. It was right. kind of like checking your snail mail. You'd get home, you'd go on, sign on to AOL. You hear the. <laughs> And after like two minutes of that, it would finally like, you've got mail. <laughs> right. Yeah. Then you look up your favorite, you know, companies and they're like, oh, they got a website. These guys yeah. got a website. Yeah. Yeah. It's exciting then. Now it's like expected you have a website. Speaking of websites, I'm, I've been working on the Have Tap Shoes World Travel website. And I had this goal that I want to launch it for my birthday, which is this coming Saturday. So that gives me less than a week. You going to do it? Yeah, I'm going to definitely have something up. I want to have a situation where I have all of the episodes also like backed up on there somehow or like an archive. I haven't figured that part out exactly yet how what the best way of doing that will be. But I definitely want to have it connected to like the Anchor website so you can easily find it there. And then I'm I'm going to put some of these buttons and stickers out into the world. I just ordered some these little cellophane envelopes that you can slip the stickers into so it keeps them nice when you ship them so where Very can exciting. somebody get their hands on one of these <laughs> it'll be on the website it'll be at <laughs> havetapshoeswilltravel.com which is not quite up yet but my email's up rick at havetapshoeswilltravel.com if you ever want to send me a message about something like how to archive his stuff on the website yeah who's gonna who knows the best way to do it I, I i'm trying to figure out the best way i know you can embed the was it you can embed it from another website or i can just upload it directly and i don't know i have to figure out the best solution for that but that's not too big of a hurdle got all the the tools to do it google google <laughs> I've youtube been, i've been on google and youtube a lot which is great have you been watching any footage lately i just uh. saw that one that roxanne butterfly posted did you see this one of like the oldest known tap clip? Oh, huh. There's these three dancers, and it was from 18 something, and they're all dancing. I'll have to send it to you. Maybe I'll post it in the link or in, inside the liner notes of this episode so you can see it. She has great classes. I love her rhythms. Yeah. We got to stay with her in Spain three years ago. Yeah. Yeah. It was beautiful. I think she's now in France, but yeah. Yeah, I saw her in France. Was it two summers ago? Probably because like she was moving when we ran into her in Spain. Yeah. We had a 
little tap jam at a at a place over there. Nice. Where did you take class from her? Was it is that at the Jimmy Slide Institute? Yep. yep. Wow. Yep. Her studio. Yeah, we had a group of us. We went to a dance festival in Poland. Okay. Took class. I taught. Two or three of us taught. Um, group performed. We had thirty people. I mean, kids wow. and their parents and dancers. And then um, a smaller group of us went to Barcelona to take some more class. Sweet. <laughs> yeah. So there, Guillaume's studio. Yeah, and... I was wondering, would you, you you probably would have connected up with him yep. there. Oh, yep, yep, yep. Sweet. Took class with both. And then and then just polished it off with a little trip to Mallorca, a little island off Spain, which is gorgeous. And wow. everybody should go there. <laughs> Mallorca? I te- I, my travels are all almost all tap related, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Anytime I've left the country. Right. Because... <laughs> Well, except for that trip when I went to Spain and to Paris, but still we ended up, I, I brought my shoes and I ended up tapping while I was there. So yeah. Even, yeah. Even in Poland at the festival, this guy found out we were there. He wanted to come, he wanted to come jam with us. Yeah. And he, he kind of goes like, I think I'm one of the only tap dancers in Poland, <laughs> but he performed and it was cool because he did like the Fred Astaire style. Yeah. But he had pyrotechnics. So it was just like. You know, it was outdoor oh, I love festival, it. so I'm like, I've never done that. I love it already. <laughs> and you did a lot of commercials, I guess, for there, companies over there. That reminds me of the Say It With Fireworks video that Fred Astaire did. Oh. And he's like <laughs> throwing these fireworks at the ground. And I think they also have pyrotechnics built into the floor somehow that are popping off as he's going. Why is this like so fun? It's just to watch how people interpret dance, creativity, yeah. and come up with their own version of whatever. It's just like, oh, that's cool. <laughs> It makes it, it could be a, a good way to prompt a person to improvise if you have pyrotechnics embedded in the floor that are guiding you along the way. Yeah. All of a sudden something pops off and it gets you to jump. and Or a light shows up on stage and you chase it <laughs> and try to capture the light. Where is it? <laughs> Referencing a piece Rick did at the Twin Cities Tap Festival. Yeah. that I've been doing that one for a while. I, I like... I like finding ways to surprise the audience and find ways to break into their space a little bit in a fun way. Yeah, it was very playful. It's never designed to freak them out, but maybe startle them for a brief moment and go, oh, okay, you're right there now. (laughs) (laughs) Because people are so, I don't know, sometimes they get so comfortable in their seats. Right. And they can sit back and be so passive, which is also why I'm attracted to immersive theater and situations where you're walking through an experience and interacting with the actors more rather than sitting there just watching the whole play happen. Mm-hmm. I think there's, there's room for all of it, of course, but I, I like that. It's kind of fun. Uh, yeah, you had that incredible lighting setup of the, the, the robbery. We got the red lights for the security. That, <laughs> yeah, the lasers. <laughs> that was so, I was like, dang, that must have taken a lot of time, but that is cool. Yeah, that Mike Molash is an electrical engineer that I know, and he helped me to create, it was, um, I think it was 40 total lasers, and we ordered them. They're like laser elements, and it looks like this big. It's like maybe a quarter of an inch, and then, it, you know, it's like it fits inside of a laser pointer unit, which would then have a battery and everything else, but these just have the laser element with two wires off of it. And he showed it like he figured out how to he already knew how to do all this, but how to wire them all so that I could have 10 of them. And we mounted them on these PVC pipes so that they were perfectly spaced. And we attached them with these other little 
wires so that we could bend them around and aim them still. And then, yeah, plugged them into the light board and then the lighting person could hit the button and then they all turn on at the same time. Yeah, that was a great effect. It was quite an experience building that. It was a lot of fun. Now it's in my storage unit. <laughs> Anybody got, need to rent a... <laughs> <laughs> oh, shoot. I've, I've got this concept for a show, though. I, I would like to do something where I take all the items in my storage unit and produce the show with everything that's in there that I've been holding on to. Right? <laughs> because I've been meaning to hold on to these things to use them in a show. I've got drums. I've got multiple drum sets. You know, there, there are all these different things that most people wouldn't want, but I see these the potential in all these things. I, all these you, random I'm, little buckets that I've collected. Or, I think you have a goal. A new goal. <laughs> yeah. I want to see this show. Yeah, I want to pull everything out of the storage unit and set it up on a stage. And also, Andy's convinced that this is the best way to, and I agree with him, to get everything out so that we can then organize it when we put it back. Oh, right. Yep. And, and get rid of what we don't want in the meantime as well. There you go. So that's that's part of our next you, plan. Would you like an accountability coach to check in with you every yes. month? Go, yeah, how's that's, it going? that's why I've been stating this here too. Is like I need to get this website up, and I'm saying it out loud, and it makes me declare it. Yep. You know how that goes. Mm-hmm. Recently, I was also talking about. I saw this post that was talking about how fear is an immunosuppressant, and that you have to limit the things that scare you or make you feel on edge, and then like things that. It, can boost your immune system are really good in these kinds of times. And you have also been involved, like you like to, you're one that like understands that the body is a healing machine and you put the good things in it and you get good things out of it. And you're also another person that I know that likes their essential oils. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) I took another step in that direction. This past year, I signed up for an online course for health health coaching. Really? Yeah. So I graduate in like a month. Oh, cool. Yeah. Congratulations. That's awesome. Yeah. It's super fun. And I've always, years ago, I had my chart done, you know, like an astrologer, an astrologer. And um, she said, she goes, you have like, um, she goes, you have healing and creative in the same pie, whatever. And she goes, I don't see that very often. And I've, I've worked, I worked in like a nursing home and different settings, doctor's office for a while. Sure. Um, but I do, I'm, it's like, especially as dancers, I, everybody, everybody, <laughs> you need to keep your body, you need to put the right stuff in. Yeah. And so I want, I'd like to work with kids, but kind of show them like you take, you know, chips and che- you know, cheese its and stuff and you crush them into powders. <laughs> it's like, yeah. It's not alive. You know, it's not juicy. It's not alive. It's not, it's fake colorful. Yeah. Um, and just start having, and so the health coaching actually looks at like 12 different areas of your life, your finances, your education, your home cooking, you know, spirituality. And if there's a spot there that feels that's low, mm-hmm. a lot of times people compensate with food. Wow. So it's a way of, because I think people should live vibrant lives, right? You should be happy, yeah. excited, fun about life. And if you're not, then let's fix that. Let's look yeah. at it and fix that. Because I my whole career is sort of, I've had a lot of the you know, like when you first start teaching dance and dancing and they're like, so what's your real job? It's like dance. No, yeah. but what's your real job? Or what what's your do? plan B? It's like, there's not a plan B. This is my life. And then my daughter, Megan, when she was little, people would say, so I'm home during the day and I teach dance at night. And people would say, well, you have to put her in daycare. And I was like, daycare is for people who are working during the day, right? Or, or at night or whatever. And they're like, no, she has to get socialized through daycare. And it's like, this is not a norm. This is not a thing, guys. Like, it's like, yeah, this daycare is for people. It's like the the industrial revolution. People went to work in factories. They need someone to watch their kids. And it's like, who better to watch her than her mom? Right. <laughs> so I just 
you'd hear stuff like this, like, this is crazy. And everybody's kind of like, you have to conform, you have to fit in. And I think in life you should fit out, right? It's part of endless coaching. It's like fit out, don't fit in. Become you, become your best you. Um, you can model, you can, you take a whole bunch of tap dancers classes, right? And learn sure. so much. It expands how you think then. Yeah. And then find you. Yes. And find like, it's a cool community. There's a, People can get too competitive or too, where am I on the pecking order of dance? Yeah. Instead of just going like, just be one of the musicians, right? Find your song. Who find determines the pecking order? Who does? Right. And what does that mean? And like trying to chase something. It's and like it's, when you're in high school and you're trying to fit with the popular kids. It doesn't always, if it doesn't fit, it doesn't fit. You right. find your own pool of people you do your stuff with. Yeah. And it's like people will go like, you know, obviously Rick would audition and take these guys because they're so good. And I said, Rick will take whoever he likes working with. Right? Yeah. I mean, ultimately, that's that's what it's been. It's, yeah. You show up at auditions and stuff and just see if there's a good groove there for you. Yeah. Because it's not about the, the best and what the quote unquote best is. Um, do you want to be part of the... Because I mean, even for dancing, you think about it. I tell people, I go... 90, I don't know, 99% of the time we're in studio practicing, dancing, jamming, yeah. and we're only on stage a tiny bit of time. Right. So you have to love the process. You know, you have to love being in that process to keep dancing. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. Yeah. And be part of the community. Don't, uh, don't burn those bridges. So why is it important to learn about tap history and the pioneers of tap dancing? I, you know, there's, there's just a lot of importance. You, you need to, history is huge and you grew up in a competition studio too so i i know that you had a, i mean i i had a like a similar background of growing up in a competition studio and i assume that maybe there wasn't as much emphasis on the history we they all we you know it was only about you know time steps and buffaloes and things like that there was no yeah. there was no history taught. i don't even know that there was the history was known yeah at that studio um, at any of the studios at that, you know, like a lot of in Minnesota at that time. Um, and then when we started going to festivals and stuff and you start hearing history and then you start reading and then you hear stories, you know, yeah. like again, like I heard you talking about Devon. It's like Prince Spencer. I got to give him a ride yeah. at the Human Rhythm Project and I got to sit in a car with him going and him just telling stories of, you know, his life. And I was like, oh, oh man, thank you for this gift. You know, did you make a detour at all? Like, <laughs> right. Did you Take go the, the long, long way? way? <laughs> For sure. I'm, and that's another thing. Always volunteer. You get to meet some cool people and hang out. Volunteering at festivals. Oh, yeah. And they need help to keep the things running. I right. Mean, they're, they're not operating on these huge budgets. Oh, gosh, no. That's a whole other conversation of how hard it is to yeah. get funding and grant and put shows you up. You want to bring in good that. teachers, so that's going to cost you something. Yeah. And, you know, so part of it is like, I mean, you, you take people and you enslave them, right? <laughs> I mean, I can't even imagine what that was like. I right. can't imagine having no, no freedoms. And then your music, your art, your stuff. I mean, so you can't, you can't have drums, but then you put it in your body, right? It comes out your feet. It comes out your hands. It comes singing. Yeah. All of this. It's like the music comes out. And I, I feel like art like that sustains people. I mean, it keeps people alive, right? Yeah. Having art, having music, having... And so you find something to keep you moving forward in, in dire times, right? Mm -hmm. There's a, that history has to be known. And then... And then just the, like the struggle of, you know, tap, you know, being on the streets or picking up here, or there, or tap dying and all this kind of stuff and yeah. how it's funded, how it's seen, why ballet gets more funding, you know, looking at all of that is like oh, the street art, street dancer. Right. Um, and yeah, because again, kids coming up are sort of like, why don't, you know, you're like, why don't all the dance dancers in the Twin Cities get together and do all this stuff together? You know what I mean? And yeah. they say that in every town. And they're like, why is Minnesota disconnected? I'm like, it's the same as. 
a lot of other tones, right? Right. But everybody's doing their own thing, you know? You're Jason Mraz, you're <laughs> Bray Brown, you're, you know, you're making your music and you want to figure your stuff out and you're an artist, you want to find your own voice. So we do do stuff together, but it's not, it's not a community thing that's always, you well, know. That's like the, the festival is what brings everyone together. Yes. Again. And that's why I think it's really important that those kinds of things continue because those are like our times to get together each year. It's like the state fair for tap. Right. It is. It's a state <laughs> fair for tap. <laughs> And you hear stories. That's what my sister and I loved tap dancing because we could connect with all the teachers. Yeah. After class, between classes, you know. what? And the then hang. The hang. That's like the biggest part about it, it seems as though. Like as I'm watching these, I'm, I'm reading books about it and things too. Like Jane Goldberg is talking about the hang. Like she didn't specifically say it like that, but like. What's pe- like, it's like the dancing fair. You have to have. 20 minutes to a half hour when you stop in there. <laughs> right? Yeah. Because there's talk and there's, and you know, about what's going on. And, and stuff. he's so generous so with generous. that. And I, I think maybe it probably annoys some of the other people at times because he'll, he'll take the time and actually like hang out and talk. Yeah. And, and explain things, but he explains the designer shoes, the stuff, yeah. you know, things that are going on. He's so, yeah. And he's so passionate. Um, and then Diane, you need three hours. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're going to hang with Diane. Wow. Yeah. It's like those, those times are precious. Right. Yeah. And and a lot of times, dancers feel, you know, they'll notice they feel like they're, they're perfectionists or everything has to be this. And you start telling them stories about stuff, right? Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh, and you're like, oh, yeah, I've fallen on stage. This has happened. You know what I mean? The music, you know, cut out the something, whatever. But it, uh, one day I heard that, like talking is improvisation, right? You don't plan what you're going to say tomorrow, right? So I look at kids and I go, you just keep moving forward, right? You just keep going. You gotta you gotta make it through that and you know, figure stuff out and you start hearing stories of things that happen to other people and you laugh. And those are your stories. I always say when you fall on stage or something, you know, yeah. or something happens, those are the best stories. Cause you never go, yeah, I performed this one time and it was perfect. Okay. Nobody wants to hear it. They don't care. Yeah. That's <laughs> like, such a boring story. Such a boring story. So like, you know, like, uh, we were at the Southern and all of a sudden the lights just went out right in the middle of a dance. Right. What? So we're all dancing and we're in time. But then when the lights came back up, all of a sudden everybody was looking at each other like, cause it like changed your perception. So you weren't sure if you were in time. So yeah. we're all kind of like looking at each other. And now we're back in the groove again, you know, and we're here. <laughs> people are dancing by whispering things in your ear on stage. Like, what the heck was that? Five, Five, six, crash. seven, eight. Or yeah, you're about to go on a huge storm. Poland, a huge storm came and everybody's panicking. I'm like, you guys, we'll just perform Friday night or something. You know, they'll just move us. Don't worry about yeah. it. Like, be, just problem solving. How Artists long are were you in solvers. Poland? I've been there um, four. Oh, you've been, been there four, multiple five times. times. Five times. Wow. Yeah, but the last one was... 30 people, which was fabulous. So we had like 10 dancers. Wow. Yeah. And it kind of reminds me of like 1970s America. Because like, you know, like now you have like OSHA, you got to sign forms and all this. Well, we we took Jeeps up a mountain. You know, we're like high speeding down, (laughs) going over rocks with the mayor of the town. What? No no seatbelts, no sign to anything. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. And then like a van, the last time we went, this van showed up. There's a party outside of town, you know, 10 minutes out. And he pulls up and... um. And they don't, a lot of the older people don't speak any English. English is now the sure. second language there, but it used to be German. And so he's, you know, telling people to get in and, and they're kind of, and so like eight people get in, right? And yeah. then they're like, we'll get the next one. And he's looking at me and he's pointing to his watch, right? And I said, there's not going to be another one for a long time. And he smiles. <laughs> and he goes, he, he said, get in. And they're like, what? I'm like, get in. We're doing it. 18 people in his van. What? <laughs> yeah. It's like a clown car. <laughs> Total clown car. Somebody videoed all of us coming out because <laughs> it was like on laps and, I just, you know, stuff like that when you travel and you just see different cultures, different, you know, different ways people do things. It's just a blast. That yeah. whole discovery. But then you have something in common, dancing, right? And, yeah. And you, you went there because you were tap dancing. Yes. Yeah. That's and, the and, thing. And everybody there dances. Like, 
the men dance, the teenage boys dance. Everybody dances. Like they go to the disco and people don't have dance lessons, just dance. Yeah. But I feel like here there's kind of a stigma like, oh, I don't really dance or, oh, you know, <laughs> it's, it's just not there. It's not um, happening. I, I play sports. Right, As though right. it's like a this or that kind right. of situation yeah. ever. Right. That's and it's all? like dancing is just, I mean, you hear music, you feel like moving, move. Do it. Do it. Stop <laughs> <laughs> right. putting qualifiers on. Exactly. Well, so what, what about that, the first time you improvised on stage? Oh, do, yeah. Do you remember that? <laughs> I will never forget Trial by Fire. <laughs> so we, you know, grew up in a studio doing Broadway tap. And then just, my sister and I started studying in our 20s. Like I said, we were like around 24, 25 when we first started studying rhythm tap. Or, wow. And um, yeah. And so, I don't know, maybe two years I guess maybe we just started studying with Lane. Maybe we did for maybe like a year or two. And then Gregory Hines comes into town for Man. a Boys and Girls Club event that he was dancing and singing at. And because of Taisha Collins and her mom, Mary. Oh, yeah. They um, got a, a group of us that were working together on the Twin Cities Tap Festival. It's like, hey, let's go get our poster signed and, you know, go see. So that would have been tapping in the Twin Cities tapping at that the, point. Yep, yep. Before it became the, or what, Twin Cities Tap Festival is a whole separate that's different. Obviously, yep. you know that, but just to clarify. Yes. So this was happening in the Twin Cities. Yeah. And um, Mary had been talking to Mrs. Glover and stuff. And so she arranged it that we got to go backstage and meet Gregory Hines. Wow. So we went and, and he's so gracious. And he, he introduced everybody in the room, every band member to every dancer, right? Just creating wow. this nice equal space with everybody. Said a prayer before they went on stage. And then we went out in the audience, right? And we brought our tap shoes. But like I was so young and dumb, I didn't connect what was going to happen next. Like, I don't know. I don't know what I didn't think. What did you walk like, in there with him for? I said, like, yeah, I got my tap shoes. And then he, and for, so in front of this crowd of like 900 people, he's like, who's got the tap shoes? And we're like, we do. You know? so, like six of us get up on stage and he's like, well, show me something. And it was like, oh, what? <laughs> what do you mean show, show me something? I don't have anything. Like I, didn't, I never improvised in my life. And, and so I just did like a combo I'd been working on, you know? <laughs> like, yeah. And uh, each person did because I don't know we weren't we none of us had studied improv. And then Taisha went up there and she just hauled butt, man. She just like, she killed it. <laughs> it looked like a setup, you know what I mean? Like we yeah. were kind of like do 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 do. But yeah. man, she sounded great. And it was like, oh my god, what is that? I need to. So I, she always I was, had really thick soles on her shoes too, as I remember. Yeah, yeah. And and would leave her taps just a little jingly. Yep. yep. Like loosen the screws a little bit so you. Well then, yeah. Then we went to the the next year. I went to the Portland Tap Bus and I took an improv class because I was like, OMG. Yeah. <laughs> so far behind. And I just remember there's like 40 people in the room and it's like coming around, right? And it's one measure and I'm like sweating. <laughs> what oh, am man. I gonna do? I can do a time shift. I can do this. I can do that. I can. Do... But you're not supposed to think of those things. Like I don't, I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> and then I one measure passed. And I was like, yeah, that was easy. And then you know, yeah. Then it's two. Then it's more. And so yeah, so improvised on stage with Gregor Hines, first time I ever improvised. I didn't actually I didn't improvise, I did stuff. I did some stuff. You did some um, written material. Yeah, some some something in a break. Um and then I did get to meet him two more times. So he came up on uh, another time. Oh, that was the Pacer Center. Then he came up to do Boys and Girls Club and okay. Ellen had worked with some inner city kids, which is a big part of Keen's you know, our programming is to yeah. bring dance to kids who can't have who do not have access to it. Yeah. And so those kids got to get up and dance. Wow. for him on stage in a show he was doing which was also kind of funny because all these notes started coming up from the audience as he got on stage and you know started his show and he looks at him and he reads him and he kind of smiles and he goes you know there's no easy way sometimes when you're on stage and things happen so he goes 
can I have a drum roll? And so the drummer does a drum roll. He turns around and zips up his zipper. (laughs) 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 That was hilarious. Someone passed a note. Yeah. Saying your zipper is down. down. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And that same night, one of my dancers was doing the Miss uh, Miss America pageant. And she had a tap dance of mine. So I I was with Gregory. I didn't get to see it. So I went back and watched the recording. And same thing. Um, Marie Osmond's like, hey, Donnie, your zipper's down. And he's like, yeah, right. And he's kind of laughing. And, and all of a sudden he's like, oh, <laughs> and his zipper was down. <laughs> it was just sort of funny. She just points it out just right in front yep, of her. Like, that's how a everybody. sister would do right. it, though, wouldn't she? That's how yeah. that's a, that's a, yeah. that's a sibling. Ellen were dancing. Uh, it was like one of the first gay prides in Minnesota. Yeah. And it was kind of, it was a metal stage. It was really weird. It was really slippery. And she fell. And I, and oh. I know the, you know, the audience gets like nervous for you if something like that happens. Uh-huh. So I just looked down, pointed at her and started laughing, you know, and then the audience kind of smiled and everything. And she, she oh, gets up and she's like, in Ellen fashion, just like, oh, just you wait, right? Like, oh. <laughs> coming back at you. But yeah, I, I you know, like. You're the, just smoothing it out because you're right. There's like that tension. The, the audience wants you to be okay. Yeah. They want you to succeed. They want you to succeed. They want to be entertained. Sometimes if they're not, they're going to let you know. But ultimately, I think they did show up because they they want to see something. Yeah. And when you have that moment, some authenticity. Yeah. With the, you know, with the, the same thing happened one time in Poland. We did, we did an hour show. And, um, and it was like three of us dancers plus my daughter and her friend did one little, you know, like a body percussion with us. Yeah. And then a, another little number to give us a slight break. But we were, we were down. We did so many numbers. Well, it start, the show started, I think, at eight. And at... Like 10 to 9, we only had like three more numbers left. Like yeah. some of the audience got up and left. It was like 200 people of like maybe 800 got up and left. And so uh, Aleutian Calibay was playing piano yeah. and Christian Demer and I were backstage changing. And all of a sudden Aleutian goes, they're leaving. And Christian's like, they're leaving. And he just runs on stage. And I was like, I, I can't even breathe. I'm like, <laughs> like, I don't care if they're leaving. I don't care. Like we're still going to do it the way we said it. Right. Yeah. So we go out and we dance. Um, and then I soloed at the end and Air. And I like I slipped and I like I landed on my feet, but I stood up and I was like, ha ha, right? Yeah. And the audience started going like dun 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 dun, which you know you're dancing to your music and then that's speeding up and you're going oh, oh, oh yeah. <laughs> listen to the music. But I got a standing ovation. I tell kids that I go, it's just it's a real moment. Yep, I slipped, but look at me, I'm yeah. back, I'm good. And we found out the next day that in that town, it's a spa town, and oh. people go there for healing, not spa like get your nails done. It's like Sedona or something like that. Yeah, so they have all these minerals in the water, and sure. like it's a cool festival. It's the Londex Destroy International Dance Festival. Anybody should go. It's great. Wow. Everybody dances. You could. It's not like about hard dancing. It's just about community dancing. Yeah, the connection. Yeah, and um, and then they have these like the sulfur pools and the the foot soaks that take all the toxins out of you. Wow. Um, they have ear candling, and um, but the people who left had signed a contract because they're there for like some serious mineral therapy okay so they eat a diet specific diet for two weeks they have all these mineral things from doctors and certain food that they eat and they have to be in bed by like nine o'clock or whatever so so the mayor was like i'm so sorry some of these people had to leave but they signed a contract they feel really bad but they had to they had to go because they no offense (laughs) we got to go to bed You're putting us to sleep right well, we still now. had hundreds of people there, so I was like, no yeah. deal. But it was just, yeah, the kids panicked. and you, you still had over half the audience. You didn't walk them all. Well, that was one of those where we had a one-hour show on Wednesday, right? Mm-hmm. We show up to the festival on Sunday, and they're like, oh, there's a parade tonight. Do you guys want to you know, dance on this flatbed truck? And this is where improvisation is huge. Because, yes. like, guys, get up there and improvise, right? 
So they they we, they improvised on the flatbed, and then they're like, Monday we're gonna have a talk about the festival, an hour talk. Yeah. But we don't really want to do that. Can you guys do? Can you guys dance and do whatever, but don't do anything you're doing in your Wednesday night show? So we had a <laughs> so it's like Sunday night. We're sitting there just writing ideas down, right? And I'm oh, like, man. sure. So we did. Nobody spoke English, so wow. we just kind of you know showed like flaps and shuffles and things like this. Improvisation had a piano there. Um, did a show Monday, and then I'm trying to think it was. Uh, Thursday, there was, so we did our Wednesday show. Yeah. And then Thursday, they were like, oh, there's this place everybody gathers where you can catch your own fish and then they make, they make wow. it for you. And they're like, can you teach people how to tap dance? So we're like, sure. Shim you teach me how to fish? fish. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> right. So they taught tap dancing in groups at this restaurant. Um, and then Friday, so on Monday or Tuesday, they're like, oh, there's a, a, a student showcase on Friday. Do the boys want to be in that? Wow. Sure. So in the afternoons between classes, <laughs> We did some bucket drumming, you know, Sweet. maybe inspired by someone I know. <laughs> and we, we grabbed like the buckets out of the place we were Jared at. Jared Crawford and, and Raymond King. But <laughs> <laughs> yes. well, we ended up shredding the garbage cans. I felt so bad. So the festival guy went and bought new ones and tougher ones, like some planters for them to play. Yeah. So they did a drumming and tap dancing Man. piece. And then Saturday, all the classes perform. So you all perform on like a rock star stage in the middle of town. Yeah. Yeah. It's just the, it's the coolest thing ever. That is awesome. And it's so cool to just... You realize when you go to other countries and you dance, you share something with people from another For culture sure. and you go, we're all just people on this planet who want the same thing. Yeah. You know? Just want to have, you know, have some money, get, have a nice job, something I love to do. And it, it just, so all the kids have gone, I just feel like they, they have a different view of the world. Absolutely. That's, that was the kind of gift that it's given us is that like to see these other places and to watch other people are also like learning this art form too. And they they all love to do it. Yeah, it's just it's a it's a it's a peak experience for sure. Like going to Russia, you're like among people that are. I mean, those I I still talk about how those audiences were just so heartfelt. It felt like to me that once you kind of win them over, like it feels a little bit cold at first, or not like reacting real huge. But once you finish doing the number, then there's like this thunderous applause. And there's a point where we had them clapping along with us, and it was just like the whole place was just in it. Yeah. Boom, 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 boom. They're all like clapping along. Oh, and isn't I do I feel that in Europe too. In Europe, I feel like they appreciate yeah the the dancing more, and 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 people come up to you afterwards and they're dancing. Ah, it's like (laughs) they they and they're just moved by it. Um, and I don't sometimes I try to is it like in America just there's just so much sports and this and that and you know what I mean. There's so many things that are yeah. That people don't appreciate as much hmm. the dance. I'm not sure. But I, but okay, we're Minnesota. I'm think, sorry, but wait, we're Minnesota where it's very polite museum clapping. So right? Like you go to New York and you know, Chicago and You have LA, to pull it different. out of them here. <laughs> you do. But in New York, it's like they're not just gonna clap for anything. That's that's kind of what I learned from some other like here it still feels like they'll clap for you either way. Yeah. Oftentimes they'll even give you a standing ovation, either you know. Which I'm always appreciative for, but that's like almost expected at a lot of Minnesota shows, it seems like. Yeah. Have you ever been in one of the shows where it's like, there's, there's feedback. So like, the yeah. way, like modern dancers, jazz dancers, you know, um, and tap. And I, and, and so the audience gives you feedback after. And I don't know why I was like really nervous about that. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, what do you got to wrap my choreography, my choice of music, whatever, you know. Was it like the nine by 22 kind yes. of thing? Yes. Yeah. With yes. Lori Van Weeren. Yes. And yeah. And we danced. And, and they retired that this year. They did. The 9 by 20. Yeah, it's really sad. Anyway. 
So yeah, we danced and we got out there. And so, cause I, the, some of the other artists, yeah, they were kind of ripping on a little bit. <laughs> really? Why? You know, I don't understand this choice or why did that, you know, or this didn't come across and you know, I didn't get this deep meaning and feeling or something. Yeah. And I was just like, Oh my God, I, I just have to let go. I just let go. I just gotta do what I do. Right. <laughs> so I went out and danced and then it was fascinating to hear like, I mean, just interesting to hear like, they're like, Oh, interesting choice of music. And they're like, Oh, how do you put stuff together? Huh? And they just asked like two questions, three questions. That was it. I was oh. like, where's it? No, nothing. You know, tap dance. It's music. What, what it's dance, right? Is it music? Is it dance? Brenda Buffalino. Yeah. <laughs> there's, I mean, there's spacing. There are a lot of things that any dancer could watch a tap dancer do and still consider what they're, you know, you always have something that you could be looking at if you're trying to give a critique. Yeah. I just felt like, yeah, they didn't, it was surprising the lack of feedback. Yeah, was that a one of the nine by? It's a nine by twenty-two is called that because of the stage size, mm-hmm. which is twenty-two feet wide and nine feet deep. And there have there's usually like three choreographers that present something each time, and then the host gets up and interviews you about the piece as well, and asks you questions about it, and then you field questions from the audience too. There was a time in two thousand four, I think it was when. Andy and I did one of those, and <laughs> we weren't used to that kind of format and being asked the questions at the end of it. It felt like, I don't know, I don't know what it was, but for some reason, Andy decided to grab the microphone when he was supposed to be answering a question to start beatboxing into it instead. I'm like, what are you doing? <laughs> but that was a strange moment. Right? He just took control of the moment. It was just, yeah. I have a funny... It got weird. We've talked about it since, and like, yeah, we... Our April Sellers, another local dancer, came up to us one time and was like, how dare you? You know, like, reamed me out, but she thought she, she thought it was me that did it, but it ended up being my brother doing it. That, well, yeah. That's what we have in common. We have the sibling like, dancing. We don't mean it disrespectfully. It's just, <laughs> I don't know. Awkward. Do you ever have to explain things for your siblings? <laughs> like, <laughs> here's what they were really thinking. <laughs> sometimes I feel like I'm doing that. Sometimes you know, my sister, my whole life. My sister and I do that when we sub for each other. Like, yeah, it started out where like Ellen one time it's like, no matter what my sister does, just say that's not the way Ellen does it. <laughs> 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 so we kind of have this thing like, no, go ahead. Just when she subs, just give her hell. You know. Great. Yeah, that's a fun one. But I have a funny story. We were, we went to see a friend's show at that space. Yeah. And she was doing Miss Fluffy, the tap dance teacher, right? Oh. And we it was only like our second year working with Lane. And so he's in town. And she'd taken a master class with him like four months before or yeah. six months before. Yeah. And then um, so we go to see her show and Lane is in town, right? And he, he, he bought these new Italian shoes or something. He was dressed to the nines, right? So we go to see the show. So we're sitting in the audience. Lane Alexander next to me. Yeah. Miss Fluffy gets up there and she goes, she goes, oh, I'm going to pull somebody from the audience up to teach him how to tap dance. Wow. And she grabs Lane, not knowing it's Lane. She doesn't recognize him at first. Oh. And so <laughs> Lane thinks we set him up. He's pissed. He is pissed. <laughs> like, like we thought we talked to her. We didn't. Eleanor are looking like she just pulled Lane Alexander out of the audience <laughs> to teach him to tap dance. And so he gets up there and she puts a little tutu on him, you know, and he's. Oh, my God. <laughs> And then she's like, okay, buffaloes. And she said, right when she started doing buffalo, she looked over and she went, oh my God, it's Lane Alexander. <laughs> you know? So she's doing these cute little buffaloes and he's doing the buffaloes and he's staring at us, right? Like just evil oh look because he thinks we set him up. And Ellen and I are dying in the audience. 
he does these little buffaloes, he does little maxi fours or whatever, you know, and then she has him go sit down and afterwards people are coming up and they're like, you did a nice job. <laughs> yeah, it was hilarious. It was just priceless to have a professional tap dancer up there and nobody in the audience knows, you know, yeah. except wow. us. Wow. So what is it looking like now for as far as tap and, and this next year? What are you seeing happening? Are you seeing more in-person classes happening? Or are you seeing more online? There's more. They're trying to hybrid it. They're trying to in-person for, you know, and a lot of kids are coming in person. Yeah. And then Zoom those who, who are more comfortable. Sure. And school's going to start in September, so these kids will be exposed to, you know. So, I mean, St. Paul is not having in-person class, but... Okay. Like, why is that a different other suburbs are? Yeah. So like, yeah, it's, I don't know how it's, so you're going to start with kids in class. And then if one kid, you know, tests positive, then all of a sudden it's 14 days out for everybody. You know what I can just. For the whole school? For the, everybody who was in that class, anybody who was around that person. Yeah. Or I could shut down a school. I don't even know. Like, it's not clear. Like, yeah. we had a board meeting today and it's not clear. We are lucky, lucky enough that Como Park Pavilion is yeah. because they can't have concerts are letting people have class on their stage and they're kind of sharing it with ballroom dancers, tap dancers. Whoa. And so we've had a couple of classes on their stage and it's a covered area. So yeah. if it's raining or whatever. That's where you usually do the national tap dance day performances. Correct. And um, so we're holding class in October, all of our classes there. Oh, that's awesome. And that's on tapcompany.org yep. that you can find out the information there. Yep. 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 And we have How huge... lucky was that that you got that one? That's such a great... This is such and, a great web domain to have. Uh, yeah. Tapcompany.org. <laughs> it's so easy to remember. I never forget that one. Yep. Kathy at tapcompany.org. That's how you do it. Yep. yep. C-A-T-H-Y. C-A-T-H-Y. Yeah. Don't yeah. go messing that up. Our, our, we do have outreach because our part of Keen, a big part of what we do is, is wanting to get dance to people who can't, don't have access. Even um, to the point where you're, you've, you've found shoes, you have a whole inventory and you've, You've also been people who have gathered dance shoes to be able to get them to. I find that's one of the biggest hindrances of teaching tap to a person or a person being able to learn it is having shoes. Yeah. Yeah. The dancing fairs donated shoes to us. Wow. Studios have, um, you know, when the shoes don't fit anymore, they know yeah. we do outreach. So they, I get bags of shoes all the time. From, wow. From people in studios. And it's great because the kids, they, yeah, they want to take them home. They're like, can I take them home? And right. like, you can't. But we just put the sizes, you know, in yellow on the bottom of the shoes. Yeah. So they're easy to find. We tie them together. Um, and part of it is tap dance in the schools. But part of it is like Ellen teaches at a school in St. Paul. Yeah. Um, and they have like 46 different languages at that school. What? A lot of immigrants. Yeah. 46 different ones. So she has a class where she kind of, she does some tap. She does some, you know bachata and stuff and you know tries yeah. to do different cult, some work and have access to it but the kids get to go on youtube and like do k-pop or whatever and they're learning dances from k-pop and they're but they found that kids who have things like dance class yeah want to come to school right it's a reason for them to come to school wow and engage they, in. they look forward to it yeah and so now we also include them in some of our performances wow one cool one we did, so in February we had um, our winter carnival. Minnesota has a nice winter carnival yeah. of ice castles and stuff. And we did an inside performance, and they wanted, um, they, they really wanted diversity. So we brought in this, the school kids, the school program. And it was fascinating. There was a girl who just moved here six months ago from a country, part of Africa. And she got up and did a dance from her country by herself. Wow. 
she came off stage. She's probably sixth grade. She came off stage and I just kind of like lightly touched her arm and I said, you did a fabulous job. And she just collapsed in my arms. Like she was so overwhelmed. Like, wow. you know what I mean? This risk that she took. Yeah. That she just kind of like fell in my arms. And, and it was like, she was like, oh, oh my gosh. And I was like, wow. You moved to a new country. You got on stage. You did a dance thing. As a soloist. As a sixth grader. Wow. Yeah. yeah there's some, there's some cool stuff that happening. Is cool. Those but are opportunities. I know. But now with the funding, we, so... There's not going to be a lot of grants because it's sales tax and there's not a lot of people out doing things. So they know that their funding is oh. going way down, which is a bummer. Right. Um, and then some of the programming, it's, yeah, how do you, the Zoom is not great for dance class. No, it, especially tap. It's it's really difficult. Yeah. For, I mean, I would love to be able to, I've been talking about this. I would love to be able to take class from so many people that are offering these things. But I mean, it doesn't work in an apartment if you're watching a video i don't know it's just like it's too loud yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> i don't want to just hit it so lightly that no one else can hear it like it doesn't work so yeah. i have to find a space to do it and then yeah well if you ever you know i haven't had the shoes on you ever for need, a while you ever need to take a class you can pop it up on there and come yes out. love it right i know outdoor tapping might be a, a, a thing. well not in winter here but yeah you know trying to get kids to jam out in parks yeah. yeah. Get people to jam again. That's, oh. that's what we need is to have more opportunities where people can exchange ideas. Yes. It's so stale in our own sort of loop. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, so if you're teaching a ton, like this one step keeps showing up on yeah. every dance you're doing. So For you'll sure. Think, ah, I need a new. A every week them. it's a different one. It's, you know, it's like I got to. Sometimes. So I did back off in some teaching. I'm teaching a little bit less. Yeah. So that I'm more creative yeah yeah so have you been making new things then with this additional creativity N uh not so much yet uh, just because i'm finishing school so yeah it's like you're getting there you're almost done five to eight hours a week yeah wow. <laughs> so on top of everything so uh it's i'm but i find after you know having some of the not teaching a lot in the summer yeah that when i go teach it's like oh i'm you know i'm creative i've got a lot a lot of stuff that yeah. wants to come out <laughs> fun yes so tell me about this the the floor in the studio space i know earlier i was asking a little bit about it but you had a little bit of a story behind it i thought um just it it's hickory wood i wanted a hardwood um and the local wood place it was like what is on sale yeah <laughs> you know what i mean it was like yeah. i need a hardwood that's on sale i looked at bamboo wow um but bamboo because bamboo it it's it, it grows fast, right? Sure. So I have a bamboo cutting board at home, and it works pretty well. Yeah. So <laughs> it it doesn't warp. I have noticed uh, it, like it holds its shape really nicely. You know how sometimes you have a wooden cutting board and they warp. Yep. You get it wet. Yep. Yeah. So when I first got it, um, my dad put it in, but it kind of because of so I had my our professional dancers in here, right, dancing, yeah. and they were it was they were sweating, and we didn't have the air <laughs> conditioner wasn't in yet. And all that moisture from the dancers uh -huh. popped the floor. The floor oh, really? It bowed? It bowed, yep. How did you get it to lay back down? This my, looks perfect my, still. My dad went and just put a bunch of weights on it, like, you know, some heavier things, and said, you know. That's how you do it. Turn on the air conditioner, and I did. We put the air conditioner in, and bam, went right wow. back down. Wow. I mean, you would never even know by looking at it now. Yeah, and I had no idea that all that moisture and sweat from a two-hour rehearsal right. would, like, pop my floor. But, yeah, thing, things you learn. Yeah. I noticed you've got the ab roller in here going. You got the. I've had that thing for I don't know 
15 years and I thought, well, maybe if it's sitting there and I see it. It's in good shape too. <laughs> I mean, it's gotten some use, but it's balance, in good shape. Balance board. Yeah. When COVID first happened, my daughter and I would come out here and work out, yeah. you know, do our workouts every day. Um, and we're coming back to that. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's hard to, I don't know. Sometimes it's hard to be focused on something. Like I really have all these lists of things that I want to get done in a day. And then there are also people that have been posting and, recently i saw one that's like it's okay not to just you can sit there and just take a break sometimes right and that was the basic idea from that post that was really helpful yeah i i, I don't maybe i do that too much i'm i'm being in a present moment i don't yeah. need to do all the yeah. stuff or if i have paperwork i'll like clean mow the lawn do everything i can until i get to that paperwork but i heard one about um some i just heard a, it was a talk yesterday and they were saying this it was a college professor who said when they studied um the what is the I don't want to say it wrong, but it's like the, is it the Hopi Indians? Uh-huh. When they studied their language, they don't have like, that's a wave. They're like, the ocean is waving, right? Oh. And so everything is an action, a connect, connectable action and not like a noun and stuff. And sure. so, and I go, I love that, you know? Because I just read a book, Catherine Kramer, who inspired this space. Yeah. Told me about a book of how trees talk to each other through yeah. their roots and things like that. So wow. I got the audible on that and it's like, yeah, it's... When you just like, when you start, you got to connect. I mean, when you're in nature, you always feel better, right? So. Whoa. That's like the least nature sound ever. That's like my wake up alarm to, to really gets me out of the bed. He's been sleeping here. Oh, man. Not sleeping here, but he was sleeping on the interview. <laughs> I was not sleeping here. He wasn't sleeping here. No. So, yeah. So, uh, the, the connection, it feels really good. And it, it feels good with dancers. Like when they, yeah. when they get together and when we've been getting together, oh, my God, the smiles, the joy. That's what I've been missing too, is like being around people. Yeah. I apparently someone recently told me that I'm more of a introvert than an extrovert. And I found that interesting, but they were saying like the way that you get your energy. Yes. And sometimes you, I feel like I do need to kind of go into my own space and then I like do you, get yeah, that. do you recharge by yourself or do you recharge around? And then people? I can yeah, yeah, and then I go around people and then I have stuff to give them and i also feed off of that too of course but it was an interesting because i've always thought of myself as more of an extroverted person and she's like it has nothing to do with personality or like how likable or anything like that it's more with how you how do you gain your energy yep and i find myself oftentimes i'll be up later into the night because everything does get quiet and like the duke ellington interview footage of him talking about that he likes to be up later and it seemed like, from what I gathered from this interview, he does a similar thing where he'll he'll still get the same amount of sleep. But, you know, if you want to get eight hours of sleep, you just, whatever time you go to bed, you set your alarm for eight hours. Right. And that, that works pretty well for me if I get six to eight hours of sleep. So I might go to bed at four, but I'll still wake up by 10. <laughs> right. And I know. And people always say, like, well, no, you have to have or don't eat after eight o'clock. Well, I don't get home till 10. Yeah. <laughs> I eat at when 10 do I eat then? You, so it's like three hours. The next three hours after you eat, your body's, you know, using the food and then it uses your storage for the next eight. So as long okay. as you're like, as long as you're not eating, you know what I mean? Like three hours prior to bedtime or something, sure. then you're still on that same. It doesn't matter if it's eight o'clock or nine or 10. I mean, you just can't do it when you do what we do. Like even Henry Letang, we couldn't meet with him till one in the afternoon because he was so used to doing Broadway shows. Yeah. And then they'd work on material after that. Two, sure. three, four in the morning. So it was like, hey, that is just a schedule. He so he kept that all the way through. Kept it all the way through. Yeah. Man. Yeah, you do have to kind of fight when people 
you know, it, like I just, they want you, they want you to fit in a certain box. And I'm just yeah. like, my big thing is like, break out of that. Do you find yeah. you, do you, and don't, you don't have to like listen to other people's, especially tap dances. We, 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 my energy, like I have to, I have to be wide awake at nine o'clock at night or those kids will, you know, teenagers will just story time, Kathy, tell us yeah. a story. If you're tired, it's like, <laughs> they know. I definitely know. have like some tea or some coffee or something. If I had a class at nine, I would definitely have a little something before that. So I'll be there and ready. You know? Yeah. So I, I'm slower in the morning. You know, I just like, I yeah. wake up whenever I don't wake up to an alarm. Sure. Um, wow. That must be nice. It is nice. And I, I tell people, I like, I love to go to work. I never call in sick unless no. I really am sick because I love, <laughs> yeah. I love my job, which yeah. is great. So, you know, like you don't feel like you work a day in your life. And I, you know, I, Kids are my audience. I love them. <laughs> right. Play yeah. off them, mess with them, teach yeah. them to dance. You know, my, my classroom is not strict. Stay in your spot and keep your, you know, keep quiet or anything. You know, just like, like ballet is a lot more, you know, disciplined. But I'm like, I'm trying to find your voice. I got to know who you are. Yeah. Yeah. You and Ellen have always been really good with kids too. And you always notice it when you see students that you've worked with for a long time. And then like, oh, that makes sense that you worked with them. You know, they, they always have really good foundational skills and they learn about the history in your classes and you, yeah you put good dancers into the world <laughs> thanks we, yeah we do and it's fun to see when people get to that level of relaxation while they're dancing yeah right that tenseness the tightness all that kind of stuff is gone you're like mm, yeah they're finding it, their voice and it takes a long time and people when i say you know we'll teach some technique and they're like what, what technique is there in tap what? It's like, oh man, let me let me educate you. <laughs> there's technique in in sawing a board in half, right? Like, there, there, of course, there's technique in tap. Of course, tap. there's technique. Yeah, <laughs> there's technique in everything you do. There's technique when you chop a carrot. Right, right. Even at the arts high school, and kids would come in for um, you know, conferences. Yeah. And their parents would just you know they'd talk about you know math to the math teacher, all this kind of stuff, and then they'd sit there and they're like tap, and I was like, okay, I guess I'm talking. So yeah, <laughs> four years I was there, it's like. Every conference, it's like, I'm just, it's an opportunity to educate you about tap and the history right. of tap. And, and so that's what I would do. But yeah. Man. That was at the conservatory? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Are, are you still teaching there? No, no, okay. no. I did four years with a community expert license. Wow. Yeah. Did a little bit at the U, St. Cloud State. And then other than that, it's studios are keen. Sweet. Yeah. Community expert. Community expert. <laughs> You become an expert when you hit 50 and they go, is that what it no, is? you're a legend when you're 40, 40 <laughs> people out there like, she's an expert in tap. And I was like, wow, I don't, oh. I don't know what changed, but sure. <laughs> and then I turned 50 and like, Hey legend, you're the legend. Oh my God. <laughs> and I was like, okay, what's 60 going to be? <laughs> oh my, honoree. <laughs> <laughs> <Right. laughs> no, maybe that's 70 or 80 actually. Yeah. We're going to get honoree. Right. Maybe it's an honorary degree from here or something. Yeah. 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 So this is hitting the point. This is the point. It's a natural point. We always find it. And that's a beautiful thing. And I know that uh, you were mentioning you have to go teach today too. So that's, that's why I originally set this alarm. If you Obviously you heard that a couple of minutes ago. But that was just a... Because we can talk for so long. <laughs> Every time I've been able to have a chance to hang out with you when we've been out for a dinner, you know, after a festival or something, then... There's always so many great stories, and I'm so thrilled that we had the opportunity to talk today. And I feel like this is like part one of other chapters because later on you're going to go, oh, I forgot about that one. And other stories will hit, and then maybe we'll get to hear some of those other ones too. Yes, I'd love that. But I did, I did get to hear some of the ones that I've always liked hearing about, the, 
Improvising with Gregory Hines was always a, a real highlight to hear about. Such a cool story. Yeah, the other thing I learned there is that because there was a, a a food thing afterwards, right? And he invited us to it. Oh. And um, but he was like, he was gonna. He, he told us security guard. He goes, okay, you walk in front of me. I'm gonna walk backwards, and we'll be out of here in ten minutes. And I'm to the airport. And right. it's like celebrities do that. They like they have somebody walking, so they don't face forward. They like he faced backwards, and then he kind of say hi to people, and then you can get out. Oh, and I saw another celeb um, in L.A. and he had so they're back to back basically. Yeah, as yeah. they walk out. Yep. And then yep. the one guy's kind of making sure that no one else is going to come up from behind. Yeah, because like they can create a wall, right? When they come, up, go, oh, Mr. Sure. Hines, you know, and then you get this wall you can't get through. Wow. So you go backwards. <laughs> and um, yeah, I saw a celeb in L.A. do it where you talk to your assistant the whole time, like yeah. you keep your head down, and you don't look at anybody, because then people start waving and you know. Right. And I was like, oh, I know, I know. These. And if you you feel bad if you've connected with somebody that if you then break the connection versus never making the connection to begin with. Yeah. You're just in your zone. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I've I've never been that cool. <laughs> no, I don't be like, are you famous? And, and I'm I, like, anytime I've had someone come up and want to have a conversation, I'm usually like, oh wow, I'm glad you liked it. Yeah, yeah, and even you know, like people are like, how did you plan this career? And the kids at the art school and stuff, and it's like you you show up a lot, you just keep showing up because you don't know what's gonna, you know what I mean? Like you yeah. and I, we talk about our lives, and like I tell people, I put a microphone on the Queen of Sweden. <laughs> Wow. I was working on a corporate show because of tap dance, right? And you clipped a lapel on, or yeah, oh yeah. Well, the, the, her her thing said that only women can like touch her or work with her. Oh sure. So I'm in a meeting with like 20 guys, and there's two of us females, and they're like, "Well, who's gonna mic the queen?" And I was like, "Me. I'll I do don't it. even know how to mic. I don't. I don't know. I don't know how to mic." I mean, you figure it out. I grabbed the mic guy and brought him. <laughs> yeah. How do I do this? And you knock on their door, and the secret service is there, and you're just like, "Here to mic the queen." And they all just move, and you're like, "Yes." <laughs> <laughs> That's my big my message this year to kids, especially girls, is raise your hand. Raise your hand. Take try nice. just take risks. This yeah. Is, it's it's time. There's there's far less to lose than yeah. way more to gain. Gain, yes. Really. Like jump on it. Jump on the opportunities. Yep. When, I make them practice. Them. I'm like, everybody raise your hand. Put it back down. Raise your hand. Put it back down. Okay. Yeah. Who's gonna show me the step? <laughs> and then I'll get like three that raise their hand instead of just the one. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Keep yeah. going. Yes. Wow. Well, is there anything else that you want to tell people, the the handful of people that, <laughs> that <laughs> our friends? Hey, yes. friends. Yes. Thank you so much for being here, friends. Yes, we'd love to hear from you too. Yeah. Yeah. If, if anyone cool sends a do. message to to me, I'll relay it to Kathy. But you do have her email address too, <laughs> Kathy at tapcompany.org. Yeah. As well as Rick at havetapshoeswilltravel dot com. Ask us, man. We you got questions about the tap life? <laughs> yeah, I'll I'll answer with whatever I know, and if I don't know it, I'll either say I don't know or I'll figure it out. Right. That's, that's kind of the way it's always worked in my life. Yeah. I've, if I needed to figure it out, I did, or I'm doing it, or however it works. Yeah. You don't have to know everything. That's the point. No, and you can admit when you don't know it. Like I just don't know that. Yeah. I'd like to thank my brother Andy Osland. Oh. Wow. So there we go. I'd like to thank my brother Andy Osland for the music that was contributed to this podcast. And we'd also like to thank Matt and Carrie over at the Dancing Fair. If you need shoes, hit them up. Dancingfair.com And also to Keen Sense of Rhythm and Kathy Wind. Always like to thank her on the podcast too for being so supportive. And if you uh, would like to figure out 
what their schedule is for all of their upcoming classes that are going to be teaching stuff online, check out tapcompany.org. Org. <laughs> I have to like slowly say that word, otherwise I'll trip over. Org. <laughs> Starts making weird sounds in my mouth. So this has been a masked podcast episode. I haven't I haven't done any of these with a mask on before, but I'm so happy to have this new equipment and the microphone sounds so good on you over there. We'll have to get you recording some more in the future. <laughs> you got good equipment. We'll have to get some future check-ins. Yes. Thank you so much for sharing your space with us today, too. You do, do you have a name for this studio? I don't. I've been like kind of thinking just thinking on that. Okay. It does need a name. It does need a name. Yeah. It has to be something appropriate that you feel like connects. Yes. Hmm. Yeah, I thought but, about... But it does have an inspiration. We have a person... Who was the one that you said? Catherine Kramer. Catherine Kramer was the inspiration behind it. Yes. She's always had cool spaces at her houses. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, well, to be continued. Yeah. I can't wait to learn what, what you settle on. Do you ever settle? You never settle. <laughs> <laughs> I don't settle. All right, everybody. Have a wonderful week. Thank you for being here. Bye-bye.
Have Tap Shoes Will Travel, the podcast hosted by Rick Osland, is available on Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcast, Pocket Cast, and Anchor.fm. Connect with us today on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter.